Hello, I am Joel McLeod. I'm Roland Tana. And welcome to the 905er. The last few weeks have been tumultuous for Hamilton. Numerous headline events have driven a wedge between community organizers and city leadership. Events like the violence in J.C. Beamer Park over tent encampments and things like the Stop Sprawl Hamont victory in preserving the urban boundary at City Council, while not directly tied, are showing a motivated grassroots movement in the city to bring real progressive change to city politics. It has been a comment from me on this podcast that these events are connected to issues such as economic inequality and affordable housing. As well, it seems that the grassroots in the city have noticed this as well and are moving to take action. One organization that is trying to capture the moment is I Elect Hamilton. We have had them on before to discuss their organization, and a few weeks back when we recorded this episode, they had released their survey on how Hamiltonians from across the city are viewing their leadership. This comprehensive survey contained thousands of responses unprompted from people, as well as it was free from big money that funded the project. The result was an eye-opening and honest view of how Hamiltonians are viewing their leadership of the city. It, hasn't, it wasn't all that positive. This grassroots movement, combined with the numerous other organizations around the city, shows a mobilized and influential citizenry that is eager for change and are working to make it happen. To discuss this trend and what is going on on the ground in Hamilton, we invited back to the 905er Graham Crawford. Graham, as you may remember, is one of the organizers of I Elect Hamilton. He is an outspoken critic of the current council and is enjoying retirement in Hamilton. He joins us today to discuss the recent findings of I Elect Hamilton and what the recent surge in grassroots organizing means for the city, as well as what this potentially can mean for the upcoming municipal elections next year. Also, as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by South River Brewing. Please enjoy the show. Thank you, uh, Graham Crawford, for coming back onto the 905. This is becoming might become a, a repeat uh, event as things are going. For those of us, those of you who are new to the podcast or are unaware, Graham is, of course, one of the, the founding members and organizers of I Elect Hamilton, which is a grassroots organization that that's meant to to promote civic change in in Hamilton. And uh, Graham, thank you for thank you for coming back onto the podcast. Hey, thank you both. Uh, as you know, I said it last time, and I'll repeat it. I am a, a regular listener to the podcast, so congrats, guys, for doing stuff that's current and meaningful. And I'm really glad you invited me back. Well, thank you, but you don't need to tell us. Tell your friends and family. <laughs> well, I, I try to do that too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, Graham, why don't you give us a, a, a bit of an update on what I Elect Hamilton has been up to since we last heard from you? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's almost exactly six months ago that we launched with a full page color ad in The Spectator. Uh, our website went live. Our uh, resident survey went live back then. And a lot has happened in six months, uh, not only with and through ILEC, but also just the stuff around it with the local politics in Hamilton. Um, but uh, we have published our first report from our ILEC resident survey. Over 2,000 Hamiltonians completed our 24-question survey. We have a 65-page report that was published uh, just over a week ago, maybe 10 days ago. Um, and we have a second report that will be coming out. We're working in partnership with the McMaster Research uh, Shop. Uh, a more in-depth uh, report will be coming out uh, next year because in the survey, we had people gave us uh, their postal codes. Uh, and that means that we can do a deep dive by neighborhood 
which Mac is very interested in helping us with, but also we have over a thousand written comments. So they're going to do a deep dive on those as well. Uh, we've been to street festivals, uh, fairs like the Binbrook Agricultural Fair, uh, handing out flyers. Uh, we've done uh, mainstream media advertising, CHCH uh, News and uh, uh, CHML. We, we ran a week-long series of ads and uh, lots of mainstream media coverage and uh, and uh, social media coverage as well, including the 905er, which well, we're very pleased with. Well, it's glad to hear that you're staying out of trouble uh, <laughs> as best you can. Uh, there, there was one, one reason why I really wanted to have you on the podcast was when you came out with the, the, the 2000 answer survey report, I thought there was something very interesting happening in Hamilton uh, because uh, as listeners of the podcast will know, we had on uh, Stop Sprawl Hamont, which are, is not directly affiliated with I Like Hamilton, but we did talk about what they did and they, they went out and they, they created their own map of, of spots that they thought were prime for upgrade development in the downtown area rather than as opposed to uh, developing on the, on the white belt. And you guys went out and you put out this survey of just grassroots citizens saying, hey, this is what we think is our perspective on what's happening in, in Hamilton. And I thought that was interesting that the two of you are grassroots organized, you know, citizens are passionate about this, about their city, about their community. And the, the, you're, you're doing powerful things. I mean, this is 2000 people is not a small, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, asking a few people on a street corner. This is a, a sizable chunk of the city that you can extrapolate you know uh, in terms of what the city at, at large feels about uh, the status quo at the moment and, you know can you give us a bit of insight into that like you know what why what do you think is driving this power of grassroots transformative change in hamilton well i'd like to thank council from the bottom of my heart for encouraging it because <laughs> uh, it is clearly their behaviors uh, their attitudes their statements um, that have caused it and that continue to feed it almost every single day. They do something else that upsets people. Um, thanks for the comment about the survey. It's, it's over 2,000 Hamiltonians, and it was a 24-question survey. This was not a, you know, click one button A or button B. Uh, you had to invest time. And as I said, over 1,000 people uh, wrote comments. So they invested time in this. Uh, we're pretty happy about that. Uh, and you're right, it, grassroots, we, this is all volunteer-based. No one is being paid. Uh, I, the the stop sprawl people, same thing. Uh, there are other groups as well, you know, the Hamilton Encampment Network, uh, Defund the Police. There's all kinds of other groups who've come together. I also know for a fact, because I elect is involved in the next election, uh, and we'd like to get voter turnout up, we'd like to get voter knowledge up, voter awareness up. There are people organizing in various wards for the campaigns. There's a lot of grassroots activity. Why? Um, because people are more aware. I think social media has helped as much as there are challenges with social media and some of the sort of edgy comments and some of the crazy stuff as well. It's a great organizing tool. Um, and, uh, so people are seeing what their council is doing. They're seeing what's going on in other cities, good things that are going on in other cities. Anybody who travels, anybody who reads, anybody who watches stuff uh, knows that things can be better. And mediocre is what we're getting fed every day in Hamilton, by and large, by almost every member of council, not all of them. 
And we're sick and tired of it. And it just crosses all age groups and all wards. This is not just centralized to the downtown wards and the sort of 25 to 45 age group. It's absolutely not. It's widespread. And I think council knows that. And, and I mean, let's talk about the kind of reaction that you've been getting from council since since uh, I elect uh, kind of announced itself six months ago. Um, well, not just from council, but from some of the people we might consider kind of the old guard, if you like. What's that been like? Describe for our listeners uh, some of the some of the things that um, have been said about you. Well, let me start with uh, our, our peerless leader, uh, Fred Eisenberger. The mayor was on CHML, um, and uh, one of the things that he, this is after we had produced a video uh, about Sewergate, and he was on and asked about it, and he said we were kind of a, a shady organization, uh, weren't sure where our funding came from. We're completely transparent. We're volunteers. We have three directors. We're registered not-for-profit. Um, our funding comes from individuals. We have donations as low as $20 from all over the city. Um, so why the mayor felt a need to, to cast aspersions on us as some dark and mysterious group and you know where is their money coming from? Uh, that, let me assure the mayor, there are plenty of groups he should be worried about in terms of where their funding comes from. And some of them do big surveys and some of them are funded by people who have literally a billion dollars on the line. And that's being discussed in council. Uh, and that's called ward, the ward boundary expansion. Uh, he should maybe dig a little deeper on that. But to, but to take a shot at a bunch of grassroots volunteers, all ages, all people, all wards, giving 20 bucks, 50 bucks, hundreds of dollars, uh, stop beating up on us. Uh, we're trying to get the word out. To people. I think uh, he's afraid. There are also some trolls out there. They're always trolls. You guys get them. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them, though, are some of the trolling comes from people who should know better, whose names we know. And I'm not going to, you know, share their names because I don't want to give them any more publicity. Um, that's what they're seeking. But this all they do is criticize. Um, it's, it's phenomenally it's familiar from my experience in, in Burlington in 2018. And there was a similar, a similar kind of grassroots um, movement um, uh, against, against the incumbent council at the time. And their reaction to it every step of the way was, like you say, kind of a gift uh, to, to, the, to the people who, who were opposing them because it was so hostile. So, and it's that sense of kind of entitlement of how dare you criticize us that always blows me away um, by elected officials. Um, and it's kind of ultimately kind of amateurish when it comes from politicians as well. It's like, you know, the last thing you do is turn your opponents into martyrs, you know, by sort of throwing mud at them. You know, you're the, you're the big guy, you're punching down, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a huge point. And all you have to do is look at the most recent puff piece by Scott Radley in the Hamilton Spectator about Councillor Sam Marula, where Marula, who is on his way out, and he's been telling us that for almost four, four years now that he's retiring. Um, and he loves to, to sort of remind us that uh, he, you know, he's independently wealthy, which he states in the Spectator. But one of the things he does is he, he says, well, where, where are the qualified people who are going to run in the coming election, given all the challenges 
that and criticisms that get thrown at counselors via social media right now. And he said, nobody thanks us anymore. I was like, really? I didn't think that was your job. I mean, obviously everybody likes to be thanked for the hard work they do, but if they're not thanking you, you might want to turn the mirror on yourself and not us and say, well, what am I not doing that I, I either was doing before or that now people expect me to do? There is more information out there. People are better read. Uh, they understand the issues. They understand the connectivity between issues. And uh, so they ask better questions. They have higher demands. And our council is not delivering. And so uh, they blame us. It's uh, Lloyd Ferguson who took a shot at the stop sprawl people because he felt he claimed that he'd heard there was some like the dark arts of, of the internet was being used to get 90% of respondents to vote a certain way. I mean, it's called MailChimp. It's email, for goodness <laughs> sake. This is not the dark arts, Lloyd, but he literally said on TVO, I'm looking into it. Well, that's, that's isn't it? But isn't it the, the, the problem with, I guess, modern politics and in the, in the 21st century use of social media is that, yeah, social media can be a, a bad thing, but when you don't understand how it's used, when you don't understand the technology, everything's the dark arts, right? Everything is everything is the boogeyman around the corner. Um, I, I, I wanted to just make a comment about that. Your, your, com your, your point about uh, being besmirched, the stop sprawl people, your organization uh, being besmirched by the powers that be, you know, or to say we're not getting enough credit or, or enough thanks. You get the thanks after the job is done, in my opinion. When you're, when you're, when you're, this is me editorializing entirely. When you're in politics, you get elected to a position, whether it's city council, mayor, MPP, MP, or prime minister, you are at the service of the people. We get to criticize every decision that you make. When you make a good one, we applaud you. Congratulations. Keep it up. When you trip and fall and you make a bad decision, yeah, we're, we are, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, throwing this around because I think it's thrown around but too much by by people who don't understand it. But you know, we do have a freedom of speech to do exactly this, to criticize our elected officials and hold them to account and say, I don't like the decision that you're making. Explain it to me better, get me on board. But I, from what I'm seeing, I'm not liking what you're doing. And we have every right to hold the powers that be to account, whether it's through this podcast or whether it's through your, your organization such as yourself. Or, or any of the other numerous grassroots that are, are popping up. The question I would ask if I was a counselor is, why are all these groups showing up? Why are all these groups forming under our term? These aren't long-term, you know, they all, they're always there, they're always in the background, okay, just, you're always making noise. But all these groups just seem to form on on their watch. And to me, if I was a, if I was a city counselor, I'd be like, why is that happening? What, what's going on there? Well, I, th I think you raised the, the, the key point. And, and that is where, where did we all come from all of a sudden? I mean, there's always been grassroots organizing, of course, but uh, you're right, there's more of it now. And therefore there's greater criticism of council, but there's also greater criticism and defensive behaviors by council. Uh, one of the grassroots organizations that's been dragged through the mud uh, is the organization, the, the Hamilton Encampment Support Network. Councillor Jason Farr attacks them all the time. He attacks their legal counsel all the time. He's not solving a problem. He's moving a problem. Uh, he bulldozes encampments. He, he ensures that it happens. He enlists the, the resources of the bylaw enforcement, 
but also the Hamilton Police Service. He's just been appointed to the Hamilton Police Services Board, and he's, he's already said publicly he's going to make sure that the police do enforcement. That's not his role. He's not supposed to tell the cops what to do. That's he's supposed actually, to yeah. monitor it. That, that's actually, I'm sure that's quite illegal. <laughs> Ford suggested the same thing a couple of years ago. I mean, it's like, hopefully the police say, no, you can't do that. <laughs> it's because they keep doing stuff that, that is inappropriate, that upsets people, that shows a lack of compassion, a, li- a lack of competence. Uh, we have an entertainment district deal in downtown Hamilton that uses takes three of our, our, our centers, uh, so the concert hall, uh, the convention center, and the arena, and there's a secret deal. And it, it's literally secret. I thought, this isn't my opinion. You cannot get a copy of the deal. It's being kept secret. Part of that deal also includes the transfer of three city properties. But we don't know how much the, the proponents paid for it because this was this was one, one organization. We don't know what that land was worth. There's no estimated value that we're, that's being shared with us. So day after day after day, we have a councillor who wanted to dump more sewage. And this is in the face of Sewergate. Let's actually dump more sewage. This is Lloyd Ferguson. Because of poor building standards, there, there, there are houses up on, on the West Mountain that are flushing their toilets literally into creeks. This has been happening for decades. It's not a secret. Ferguson's idea is to stop basement flooding. We need to allow them to dump more sewage into the creek. This in the face of Sewergate, climate emergency, environmental protection, the Ministry of the Environment uh, levying fines and work orders to the city of Hamilton. And this is the kind of reaction we get from council. Um, the, the old style of council councillors who did stuff wanted to be thanked, uh, drove around like kings, mostly, some queens, but mostly kings, um, uh, wanting to have the, their back padded because they're, they were just so fabulous. Those days are over unless you deliver. And that's more than just potholes and, and blue boxes mm-hmm. and getting uh, uh, built building permits through faster. We expect more. We have a higher standard, in my opinion. Um, I, I just, I, on that note, I mean, you kind of laid a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on on city council. I, I kind of wanted to, to switch to the Ward Five by <laughs> election, and I'm, I and people can't see it, but I am I am holding up air quotes uh, at at the moment. Um, and they can't see me smile, and I'm smiling <laughs> at your air quotes. <laughs> what? What? You know what? Uh, rather than me editorializing the question, give us your your thoughts on how that whole process uh, unfolded. Sure. Uh, well, I elect took a position on that, and our our position was that we felt a by election was warranted. Uh, there is a year left. Uh, 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 an election could have been pulled together much faster than city clerks said it could be. It's been done by many other municipalities. This isn't, and it's not like it's a brand new concept. We do elections every four years. And so we have methods and systems in place. And sure, you got to organize them. I get that. But the suggestion, this was going to take months and months and months, uh, was nonsense. So we said it should be a by-election. Council said, no, we want to do an appointment. So as you know, they, they, they put out a, a, a call. Anybody can, can put their name forward. And 20 uh, odd people did. And uh, they made five minute presentations uh, to council. Um, look, there was no secret that uh, there were favorites. 
uh, Larry DeAnne was a favorite. Uh, that's not his doing, but, but he was definitely a favorite. Uh, as it turns out, Russ Powers was also a favorite. There were other delegates, so I watched them all. There were a lot of very good residents who uh, put forward good cases, and they never stood a chance, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, many others. What I will say, though, was I, in my opinion, based on what I saw, that vote did not go down the way a lot of the old guard thought it was going to go down. Uh, again, it's not Larry DeAnne's fault, uh, but his name was the one that the old guard wanted. And of course, they voted accordingly. There were six votes for Larry DeAnne, and you can absolutely say the old guard voted for Larry. And the rest of council didn't. So Russ Powers was selected. Russ, um, I don't think Russ is going to do any harm. But the point is, it was, a, it was an appointment, not an election. So now Russ, who lives in Dundas, is going to be representing the, the residents of Ward 5 for one year. Well, that was the question I was going to ask. Is that, yeah, he, he doesn't live in the ward. Uh, he he was a councillor in Dundas. Uh, that that's quite, I mean, that's quite astonishing in and of itself. Uh, so with the Larry Diani situation, I, I took a quick look at the vote and I noticed that well, Terry Whitehead wasn't there. I'm not sure. I mean, he's technically back now. Um, and Judy Partridge, who you might have thought would be. Um, uh, well, as a former Liberal candidate, might have supported a former Liberal uh, uh, MP. MP, I forget. I forget now. She sort of jumped ship and, and voted for Russ Powers. I mean, do you, do you, is this a case of some councillors getting cold feet and thinking, well, maybe we do have to sort of change our approach here? Well, I, I wish I could conclude that it was an awakening of certain members of council. I, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I mean, after all, Russ Powers is a member of parliament. He was a liberal member of parliament as well as a councillor. He's been a liberal, a lifelong liberal. So, you know, and, and so has Larry. Uh, so in that sense, it's a wash, I think. I don't think the vote was for was driven by that. I think the vote was in, in part driven by, uh, the word was out that Russ does not support urban boundary expansion. And uh, while Larry hasn't declared, look, it, it's, it's accurate to say Larry is a registered lobbyist at the city of Hamilton. I mean, he's literally registered. He has clients who, you know, uh, may be affected by that decision, some of them. Uh, he has a varied client list. Um, I think that played into it. I don't know that for a fact, by the way, but, I, but it seems to me, because it was sort of raised at the beginning of that discussion uh, when they started to hear the delegates, that uh, the delegate, uh, the, the appointee should not have a vote today uh, on urban boundary expansion. That looks like that's changed because they've shifted up when the person was sworn in, they moved it up. So now, now Russ Powers has literally been sworn in. He wasn't supposed to be sworn in at this point. So one questions, well, what was that all about? And uh, so uh, is council changing? By the way, the reason I believe Terry Whitehead wasn't there is because even though he is back, he is only back for two days. And I did watch his return last week and he was true to form uh, at a couple of meetings, uh, sort of quite aggressive in his behavior. I, I, I mean, I don't want to hurt the guy if he's, you know, he's hurting and he clearly is. Uh, and he said so, and he talked to, to council uh, before they went in, in camera and voted on the integrity commissioner's findings and recommendations. And they voted against Terry. Uh, so he's being docked uh, 
30 days pay, and it was about $8,500. He can no longer speak to staff below the level of general manager, and he can no longer chair or, vi- or be vice chair on any committees. Uh, basically, so what, what's left? Uh, blue boxes and potholes, I guess, on the two days that you're back at work and not shouting at people. Uh, it, it's, it's a mess, to be honest. It's a mess. Um, so I always thought, like, when, when a by-election, they're kind of opportunities for spontaneous responses from the public. You know, when we see at the provincial or the federal level when there's a by-election, it's generally a chance for the public to kind of say, this is what we think of how the government of the day is doing doing their job. Uh, stay, the, stay the course or, or we need to change or, or whatever have you. Would you have thought that the, the Ward 5, if there was a Ward 5 by-election, that you know, the, the, the council would have had to have listened directly from people and in terms of what they thought the, the behavior was in general and, and really hear from people like, this is what we want for the boundary expansion. This is what we think of Sewergate. This is what we think of your conduct as a whole uh, on city council. Because, I mean, you think about those town halls, it's kind of, it's an open mic night. Yeah, I look, I, the by-election has two sides to it, as many things do, double-edged sword. It allows the people of Ward 5 to express their, their to cast their vote, and therefore to, to express their opinion and to elect someone who couldn't, then would have to run again in October of next year. Um, so that's the good news. It would be democratic. Uh, the people of Ward 5 would have cast their votes and no one else would have been able to cast their vote. It's, it's only if you live in Ward 5. The other side, though, of, of that sword is it means you have to mount a campaign quickly, which means you have to raise money. Uh, none of this is cheap. I mean, it may be cheap to some people if you have lots of backers, but even then you can only give so much money. But to you know, you've got to pull a campaign together, get that team working, and it may give an unfair advantage to those who weren't ready, but who were thinking about running next October. They can still run, of course, but now they're running against an incumbent. Um, so on the other hand, surely democracy should, should you know, trump all of, all of those considerations, raising money, having an election campaign team, and so on. That isn't what council decided to do. Um, and I, I, you know, really do question why there were some councillors who want who felt a by-election was the most appropriate thing to do. They were in the minority, and I think council uh, just wanted to kind of control this to the best of their ability, which I think is exactly what they did. Except, as I said earlier, I think that vote went a little differently than they thought it was going to go. But remember, at the end of the day, Russ, Russ Powers, you know, is in his seventies. He's been in politics. For for many, many, many decades. He's well known. Um, will he be the voice of Ward 5? I mean, I guess technically that's what he is the job he's just been given, but really, I don't know. Well, I thought there was an interesting statement. Uh, I, th- I think I read in the, in the Spectator. Uh, there was an interview about why they're not calling a by-election. The, the decision was uh, that this decision was too important or that the job is too complex to just let anybody apply for it. And I thought... Is that essentially what we do every election? Like a, a, across the board, municipal, federal, pro, provincial, literally anyone can run. You just have to organize yourself and work hard at it. But literally anyone can run uh, and, and in theory get elected. That's, that's, the, that's the premise of a democracy. 
Well, and it's uh, it's really, I mean, if you're well enough organized to run an election and get elected, you're well enough organized to be a councillor. You know, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, council writes their own jokes here. I mean, it's, it's just outrageous uh, that, you know, the person wouldn't have a, the kind of experience and knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, all you have to do is look around that table and see how ludicrous that statement is. Uh, when those people first got elected, what were their credentials? And despite what Judy Partridge says, this is an executive level position. None of them were executives, uh, except maybe Lloyd Ferguson. Um, it's that pomposity, bubble in, in, bubble in more municipal politics and far beyond Hamilton. It's that pomposity and uh, self-regard that drives me potty. Uh, it's like you are public servants. You serve the public, at, at, as Joel said, at, at, the, at the pleasure of the public. When you see that arrogance coming in, um, which, you know, I think Hamilton's got a particularly bad case, but it's far from uh, only a Hamilton problem. Um, it, it It's time for a change. <laughs> it, well, it, I mean, uh, really, it's, you know, and we keep seeing the average declaring competence and excellence. Uh, it, 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 we have counselors who, who, you know, I think they their self-opinion is much higher than their behavior and credentials uh, should permit but that's the way it works that's the way our democracy works and that's why one of the reasons why i think i elect is so focused on the next election is because we want not just create awareness uh, that the election is coming not just that we want greater voter turnout but we want voters to make knowledgeable decisions so that is why we're helping uh, this survey uh, all the results the report is being made available to everyone including candidates not just incumbents and not just the general public, but candidates. So if I was running in a ward, I'm not, I would say, um, read the report, uh, learn what it was the people in the ward said, and then start your campaign by verifying. Is, is that widespread? How widespread is it? How, how un, uh, upset are they uh, based on that, that report? There's lots of uh, food for thought in the uh, survey from my elect. So uh, we've got a few minutes left here before we come up to our kind of four, 40 minutes. Um, um, so, I mean, obviously you're, you're in the business of kind of encouraging people to get into this process. I mean, are, are you, is I elect actively, are you aware of candidates? Are you encouraging candidates or funding them? Or, uh, I, I mean, are you yourself thinking of, of running? Is that, is that something you thought about or, uh, uh, Oh, well, uh, what I can tell you is uh, I run from office, not for office. <laughs> um, no, I have absolutely no intention of running. I never have. I retired 16 years ago uh, by design, and uh, I want it to stay that way. So personally, no. Uh, in terms of I elect, uh, we have no party affiliation. Uh, we have, there is no slate of candidates that we're putting together, and we will not be endorsing any candidates. What we are doing is providing information for candidates. And of course, because we're a grassroots organization with contacts throughout the city, uh, people are getting in touch with us who are thinking about running. So we're providing them with all the information we have. Uh, certainly we've met with people who are want to talk about, you know, should I run? Should I not run? What do you think? But that's not the same as endorsing them. It's just that I mean, we would be doing that even if I elect didn't exist. Those coffees would still be happening. Um, 
But we are aware of candidates in various wards uh, who are thinking about running. We actually uh, are also aware of people who are going to run. Um, so, uh, and, you know, whether they, they choose to take the plunge, raise the money, put the team together uh, and put their life on, on uh, pause and, and run a, a campaign for six months uh, is up to them. But I will say this, we're encouraged by the people that we have, that have reached out to us and that we have spoken with, who say that they want to run. Uh, I would say caliber of people who are doing that is good. It's, in fact, it's very good. Um, that, that goes for mayor as well. Um, and so, uh, look, we're, I think we're going to have good candidates in the next election. What happens, how people vote, to be determined. What I can also can say, though, is we have kind of like Chad Collins is no longer at council. Um, Chad was the shadow mayor, according to pretty much everybody I ever talked to. Uh, he's not there anymore. Uh, his buddy Marula, his sidekick, who they spent most of their time talking to each other during delegations by the public, uh, is leaving. Uh, as, as, as I mentioned in the Scott Radley column, Sam said, as an independently wealthy, exceptional counselor, he's retiring. Thanks for, is thanks for your White, feedback. Is Terry Whitehead stepping down as well? Or is he finding... Terry, well, Terry is on record at the moment of saying that he's a fighter and that he plans to run. Um, to be fair to Terry, uh, he doesn't look well and he doesn't sound well. Um, I mean, Terry admits that he has challenges, both both uh, physiological challenges, health challenges, but also mental health challenges. And, and Terry has said that. This isn't, and I'm, I'm not uh, picking on the guy. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to do, uh, but I, I will say this. He looks uh, like he's suffering. And uh, if he can't come back for more than two days a week after being off for almost a year, then I would say maybe it's time for Terry to look after himself and his family and step down. But that's his choice. Uh, I hear all, all kinds of things about other counselors who are not running, say they're not running. Uh, we may have uh, quite a different look around that council table, uh, you know, with or without I elect. And I, I obviously, I hope with I elect, uh, we're going to trigger even more change. And, and with the mayoral role, do you, are there any names? You're in the position you could mention about who who might run. I mean, uh, the thing that often happens, well, again, I've seen this happen, is I've seen people be encouraged to run deliberately as a way of splitting votes um, so that the incumbent or the incumbent's favorite candidate could stay in office. Um, is that a fear? And and again, do, do you think there will be sort of one person who will emerge as a, as a focus of change uh, for, for the mayor position? Well, I, I I don't know for sure. I think you're absolutely right, though, that, that people uh, often get tricked into running in order to split a vote. It, it does happen. Uh, it is a strategy. Um, and obviously only incumbents do do that usually, but not, not always. Uh, so uh, someone who's been a, a guest on your show, Laura Babcock, who also has a uh, podcast uh, and, and a YouTube video, The O Show, she had Catherine McKenna on. And there were plenty of rumors that Catherine McKenna should maybe run for mayor of Hamilton because she's no longer uh, in the Trudeau cabinet. And she said emphatically on the show, 100% I am not running for mayor. However, I think you should think about uh, Keenan Loomis, who is the head of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, 
Um, Keenan has not come out and said absolutely not. Uh, he hasn't either. Neither has he come out and said absolutely yes. Uh, I think he's Look like a true it. politician. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like, you tell me. Uh, I don't need to tell you. You tell me you want me. Um, but you know what? Um, kidding aside, uh, we need some fresh faces. Uh, I really hope this doesn't turn into the Bob and Fred show, Bob Bertina and Fred Eisenberg. Mm. Uh, it's time both of them said goodbye collected their pensions, went home and did whatever it is they do at home. Uh, we need an, a, a new fresh mayor. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy with the thought of Keenan Loomis running for mayor. I will declare that personally. That's just a personal opinion. It's not an I elect opinion. That's a personal opinion. Well, I see we're, uh, yeah, we're coming up on the 40 minute mark. So I guess we're going to leave that as the final note for the, uh, for the episode. So thank you very much. Bram, for coming on and sharing what's uh, what's been new with I Like Hamilton. It sounds like the next year is going to be a very uh, momentous one for uh, Hamilton at all at all levels of uh, uh, of government. So thank you for giving us the insight, and we'll be sure to probably have you on for some point in the future again. Thank you. If I can just just close, guys, by saying ielecthamilton.ca. Go to our website, check it out. You can still t- complete our survey. By the way, it's live, and the reason it's still live is because we're doing the Mac study as well next year so we're still taking in data so guys thank you so much that's it for this episode of the 905er thank you for listening as always you can send us your feedback thoughts and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca we'd love to hear from you you can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.